Hey, good evening, folks. It is great to have you guys here. It's really cool just to see this big crowd in the church full tonight, so thank you for being here. Um, in, in the book, How to Write a Good Christmas Eve Sermon, it says two or three things, half two things. One is tell a funny story, so I'll try my best there. The other is to get involvement, get the audience involved, um, so I'll ask you guys to do that. And the third one is to tie it all together to the Christmas story, to the birth of Jesus. So here goes. Um, I just skimmed the book, so if I get anything wrong, just blame me, okay? Um, Hey, a true story, uh, this is a, about a love-hate relationship, and maybe some of you guys can relate to it. If you've done any shopping the last two or three days, maybe you have a love-hate re- relationship with this whole Christmas thing, okay? Um, but true story, it's a Winston Churchill story. Um, Winston Churchill is one of my heroes, um, but it goes something like this. Um, Winston Churchill had this uh, love-hate relationship, more hate relationship, with this woman named Lady Lancaster, and she was a member of the parliament, and one time in the midst of their going back and forth, um, Lady Nancy says, Winston, um, if I was your wife, I would put poison in your coffee. And then, and then, and then Churchill, without me missing a beat, um, Nancy, if I was your husband, I would drink it. <laughs> okay, that, that's check off number one. We, we told a funny story. Um, Here's the audience participation part. When I was a kid, one of my favorite things to do uh, around Christmas time was to go Christmas caroling with my family. Um, my dad was the ringleader. We would start at our house, and I was one of six kids. So with mom and dad, there was eight of us that would start at the first house. We'd sing one or two Christmas songs, and then we would ask them to come with us. And it was the coolest thing to see um, as a kid this big, like, big snowball being built as we went house to house around our block. And that by the end, you know, we had this big crowd of people. We would always end up at Mr. and Mrs. Seals, our next door neighbors, and they had hot cocoa for us kids, and they had this, uh, this thing I think was called a snowflake. It, it had uh, coconut stuff. It was pink coconut stuff, very healthy, and a cookie at the bottom. Didn't taste very good, but we never had treats like that as kids, so we loved them. Um, and the adults, they would be drinking stuff in paper cups. I'm not sure. If, I'm not, pretty sure it wasn't hot cocoa. Um, <laughs> But, but, but t- tonight, I want you guys to sing with me, okay? And this is my chance to be so You guys have to sing this with me, okay? I'll, I'll start us, but you have to s- come in strong, because I'm not really strong, okay? What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthem sweet? While shepherds watch, keeping this, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him, Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. You guys are good. You guys are good. Yeah, give, give yourself a round of applause. Um, a few years back, um, my wife and I, we took a group of people, 25 or 30 of us, and we went downtown to sing at a homeless shelter. And uh, um, it, it was, uh, we had a couple guitars and, and this big group of people, and we practiced in our, in our home, our little town home at the time, and we sounded so good. And then we went, and we went downtown, and... Uh, it was sort of this us and all the homeless folks. And there were a ton of homeless folks. There were old folks and young folks and kids and uh, everything in between, just a ton of folks. But we came and we were scared. And there was this 
And, and, we, had, and we, we sang a couple of carols. I think we sang Joy to the World and Oh, Come All You Faithful. And, and we had passed out um, um, sheets to, to sing along with us, but nobody was singing. And it was just, I was ready to go home, ready to pack it in. Until, um, out of desperation, we sang this song. And this is, uh, because it's a family service, we need to sing. I'm not sure how often Jingle Bells has been sung in this church, but we're going to sing Jingle Bells together, okay? Here we go. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one soap and sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride one horse open sleigh. You guys are all right. You guys are all right. No, don't, do not clap. It just spurs me on. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Hey, uh, when we sang that song, all of a sudden, the, the, the gap between us and the homeless folks began to drop. Why would you guys think that? You know, we sang these couple of holy songs. We were hoping folks would join. But when we sang Jingle Bells, this gap, this separation between us and the homeless folks, it just, just slipped, started to slip away. Why, why do you think? No right or wrong answer. The first song. Folks knew the song. Everybody, kids knew the song. Everybody sang it, um, and, and it was really cool. Um, then the guitar players, myself included, guitar players challenged all of the singers. We lumped all the singers together. We challenged them to a race. We were going to race them through Jingle Bells one more time. Whoever would you know, race, finish at the end um, won, and I'm not sure exactly who won, but by the end of that, we were laughing together. And it was something holy happened. That gap, that separation between us and them was no more. And we began to sit amongst the, the homeless folks at their tables. And they came up with, um, by the guitars and they, they sang with us. And it was really cool. At the end of the night, um, the end of the night we, we were singing together. We had just a great time. We went out in the parking lot, arm in arm. We had candles like we have tonight, arm in arm. We sang Silent Night, Holy Night. And it was something holy that happened in the midst of that, that time. Um, I'm not exactly sure why um, the walls came down, that invisible wall between us and them came down. Maybe it was because uh, we, we all knew the song. Maybe it was because they felt sorry for us and just because we were so uncomfortable. Maybe they felt sorry for us and said, okay, we got to help these guys out. Um, but, but it was something, something special, special help happened that night. And the same thing happened on the first Christmas night. That's the story of Christmas. Jesus, the Son of God, on that first Christmas, coming to be with us. The gap between mankind and God was no more. The gap between us and God was no more. The gap between us and heaven was no more. Just to fuss with a little bit more about this separation thing. Um, this is a, a family story. Um, both my kids were born premature. Um, Jacob, our oldest son, was born six weeks early. Sarah, our, our daughter, um, she was born three months early. She was born two and a half pounds, just this little, little tiny thing. Um, both of them had to spend time in the hospital. Uh, Jacob spent two to three weeks. Sarah spent two months. Um, one of the hardest things as a new parent was to leave our kids in the hospital and drive away. That separation, it near broke our hearts. Um, it, was just, it was just so hard to do, just so hard to do. Um, Sarah, uh, again, born three months early. She was born on Halloween. She came home 18 years ago today, Christmas Eve. Um, it was a praise God thing. It was a praise God thing. And I, w I was serving a, a church in, in Damascus, Maryland at the time. And Christmas Eve was on a Sunday that year. And we did church, uh, early church. We did morning church 
regular Sunday services. And at the regular Sunday services, I told the congregation, and they had walked with us through this whole crazy journey. I shared with them that Sarah was coming home with us that afternoon. And they clapped, and then they cheered, and it was just a powerful thing. They clapped for Cindy and I, they clapped for Sarah, but they clapped for God. And it was just this really... um, The same thing happened out in those fields with the shepherds, the angel. And then the heavenly host cheered and clapped. God, through Jesus, was no longer way up there, but came right here to be with us. Emmanuel, God God with us. From Matthew's gospel. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through through the prophet Isaiah. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I want you to listen in. This is, this is Luke's gospel, Luke's story. Um, Linus is sharing it with Charlie Brown, the true meaning of Christmas. Listen in, okay? I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For I was born this day in the city of David a Savior, is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Isn't that just great? Um, Yeah, we should applaud that. Um, Emmanuel, God with us. No more separation, no more from a distance, as Bette Midler sang from the 90s, God right here with us. In him, in this little baby, Jesus was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. God's promise to us then and now is that nothing will, nothing, nothing will separate us from the love of God that is in and through Christ Jesus. And that is all true. I, I believe it is so. I will bank my life on it. But sometimes, sometimes, I, and I don't only feel like Charlie Brown, but I feel like Charlie's a million miles away. And that there is still this big gap. What causes all of that? That sense of separation between us and God, sometimes between us and, and each other. And I don't know if there's an easy answer um, because sometimes we feel that way. I feel that way. God, where are you? God, where are you in the midst of the mundane and the crazy? Where are you, God? Our daughter, Sarah, the one that was born three months early, she has rallied a bit. And some of you guys know her. She's a senior in high school now. She's a captain on our swim team. And my wife and I and her big brother are super proud of her. But, but this season, right now she's in, a, in her season, and it's really been a tough season for her. 
And, and these guys have crazy workouts. I, I swim laps, they swim miles, and it's just a really tough, tough workout. But she's really been struggling, and her times this year have gone up instead of down. And she's felt tired all the time, sleeping some 10, 12 hours at a pop, and she wakes up more tired than she was when she went to bed. We finally took, her mom and I took her to the doctor, and they ran some tests. And the doc- doctor called and told Sarah that she had mono, mononucleosis, um, a virus that just sucks the life out of you. Sarah cheered. She said, yes, yes, yes. Now I know why I feel so crummy. <laughs> I, th- I think the doctor was like, okay, okay. It's not usually the response I get. Uh, I think sometimes, um, sometimes when we wonder why we feel so crummy. Sometimes life can do that to all of us. We get beat up or beat the zip back, broken. We lose a loved one. We feel defeated, can't seem to get the zip back, don't want to fight anymore, don't want to get out of bed, can't seem to get into the Christmas spirit, struggling for some reason and we don't even know why, or maybe we do know why, but we still can't seem to get over it, wondering why we can't. And some of us, we can relate to Jimmy Stewart on that bridge in It's a Wonderful Life. My simple answer is this. If you're wrestling with any of this, Maybe we all have mono. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, There is no simple answer. Unless you have Amazon Prime and then you can get it in one or two days. Um, No, seriously, there's no quick fix. You and me, we are human and broken and hurting. Yes, yes, yes. Because we are broken and hurting, we can be hurtful and mean and ugly. Yes, yes, yes. A good friend of mine reminded me this past week, the simple definition of sin is separation from God. I'm sorry to say we all have that disease, all of us here tonight. We may not have mono, but we have sin. And St. Paul reminds us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what we all have. But I'm also reminded we may feel helpless, but we are not hopeless. It says it right there on the wall. Um, Christ is our hope, and we need to post that on our broken walls, on our broken hearts. God that created the world, the heavens and the earth and the stars and everything in it created you and me and loves you and me more than we'll ever know. And this God sent us his only son that first Christmas to show us what that love looks like, to show us what grace looks like. And I believe in all my heart that God restores what he has created. Emmanuel, God with us. To to me, they may be the the three most important words that sum up all of the Bible. Emmanuel, God with us. It's in the Old Testament, God telling Joshua, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's in the New Testament from the birth story, Emmanuel, God with us, to Jesus telling his disciples near the end, all authority, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, all shemekah, On heaven and earth has been given to me. Go now and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them everything I've commanded you. And remember this, I will be with you always to the end of the ages. And it's got to be true because Tim Tebow used to put it on his eye black. um, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who is with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if you're struggling right now, in the stillness that desperation brings. God speaks to me. God speaks to us, I believe, most clearly in the, in the stillness that desperation brings. Back to the Christmas story. The last part of the Christmas story, the shepherds, after hearing from the angel and the heavenly host, they go and see. 
And I believe in my heart that's what we're called to do, to go and see, to go check this out, to go see who this Jesus is. And then once we see who this Jesus is, once we experience him, we're called to share that, to live that out for folks, to show folks what love looks like. Pastor Drew a while back reminded us that Jesus is shiny. This is from John's gospel. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. I was afraid of the dark when I was a kid. Um, maybe some of you were too. Um, if the three most important words are God with us, maybe the next three are be not afraid. That's why the angel came at night. It's when lights are best seen and it's when they are most needed. If Jesus is shiny. He's, he's asking us, where there is darkness, go shine your light. There's a part of me that always wants to look like I'm shining my light, um, like I have it all together, like I'm doing a great job for folks to think I'm a good person and maybe I'm honest to a serial killer, I'm okay. But, but most days if I'm honest, most days if I'm honest, I'm one step above pond scum and that's on my good days. Um, I have insecurities and I get jealous and I want more than I have and I get grumpy and cynical and I can be real skeptical. My kids will share with you that I can, I can shut them down with one look. I can speak a whole sermon to them with one look. And sometimes I want to go in my cave and not talk to people ever. Maybe let my dog in once in a while, um, but no more people. And I get down sometimes and I stress eat to make myself feel better. And that always works. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, um, just an aside, I weighed myself the other day, the week before Christmas, and... Um, I weighed myself with my shoes on, and uh, if, if my shoes weigh 21.3 pounds, I am at my ideal weight. <laughs> I, I'm going with that. Don't tell me any different, okay? Sometimes we're the same way when we do church. We want it to look good and to be good, and that's all fine and good and honorable, but sometimes it's not real. It's just like life. Sometimes it's hard and messy. Sometimes we mess it all up. It is messy, just like the birth of a child, just like the birth of Jesus back in that stable. It's been that way. It hasn't always said Christ our hope, although that is true. Um, my new friend Marlene drove her car through that window here into the church three weeks ago. And God reminded us that day. God reminded me through her what's most important, to take care of each other, to love each other, and make sure we're okay, to love each other through the stuff. Marlene gal who drove through the window, she shared with me the other day that she's been telling her friends what happened that day. And it was not just about her foot slipping off the brake and hitting the gas. What she told them, what she's been telling her friends, that she was, she's never been loved and cared for like she was that day. You guys did good church that day. And when she found herself parallel parked to that Christmas tree and those poinsettias, that <laughs> was a crazy day. Um, I, I was standing right there by the Advent candle, and I had my back to the window when Marlene came in. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know anything about war, but the, the, the noise was like a bomb had exploded. It, and thank you for folks who were there. The church rallied that first service. It was so impressive. Um, to sum it up, I think we did good church that day. It was powerful. That's why this little baby showed up. Oh, let me just back up. Folks, 
I really believe folks don't want more information or more theology. They want an example. And that's why this little baby showed up in that manger that first Christmas. And that would show us how to love and to show us the way, to be the way for us, to be with us. And that was the good news that first Christmas, that special night. Not that we needed more information. We just needed someone to show us what love looks like. There's something uh, I learned back in seminary called the ministry of presence. And I, I think what it really means is we, just showing up like the shepherds did at that manger scene. And they weren't the wise men with the gifts. And as Pastor Drew shared with us, they were the fringe folks. They were the, um, they were the nobodies, if you will. Um, any, anybody left-handed in the room? Just show of hands, left-handed. True fact that I'm making up right now, all the shepherds back in the day were left-handed. Um, <laughs> yes. But the shepherds, they, they, they showed up at the manger scene. They weren't the wise men with the gifts. They just showed up dirty and sweaty and messy, but real. And they came with their hearts. I think that's really what God wants us. More than any other gift is our hearts. And many times that's all God wants us to do is to show up with our hearts. He'll take care of the rest. He'll give us words if we need them. He'll give us the actions to do if we need them. From John's gospel again, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. God seems to show up in my life. I believe God does the same thing here at church. God's word says this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. 18 years ago, I shared with you guys before that our daughter, our little preemie daughter, I think she weighed two and a half pounds when she was born. I think she, she came home with us. She was not much bigger. She was about four pounds. And as we were leaving, the nurses, we were in Maryland at the time, we were Shady Grove Hospital, the nurses from the NICU um, gave us this ornament with Sarah's little baby imprint on it. It, it was um, the perfect gift. And every Christmas, we take this out, and we, um, my wife and I, we, it doesn't mean anything to our kids, but for my wife and I, it means everything to us. If our home ever went on fire, this is the only thing I would take, I believe. Um, it's that precious to us, because it reminds us of the love that we felt and experienced through that, that whole situation. Um, friend shared with me um, a devotion a while back. It was the description of, of not, not a perfect gift, but the perfect day. It said this, you have not lived a perfect day. You have not lived a perfect day unless you have done something for someone who will never be able to pay you back. Let me say it one more time. You have not lived a perfect day unless you have done something for someone who will never be able to pay you back. A how to write a good Christmas sermon book, it recommends ending with a, a Christmas challenge, if you will, and a Christmas blessing. Sometime tonight, sometime maybe tomorrow, sometime in the next week before you forget, I, I challenge you to live out the perfect day. Go do something for someone who will never be able to pay you back. And I, I promise you this, this has been true in my life. Whether that, that's something that you do for someone is, is only known between you and God. Maybe the person um, knows about it, but they'll never be able to pay you back. Um, I promise you this, that we bring our little cup of blessing, and God takes a fire hose and blesses us back, showers us with his grace and his love. Um, let me pray us out. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for just being with us tonight in this room. 
Lord, I, I don't know where people are just in their journey with you, but Lord, I pray that they'll experience you in some real way tonight, that they will experience just maybe the wonder of Christmas as a child again. Lord, I just pray just your rich Christmas blessing be upon these folks tonight. I pray this in your son Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. They, they tell me never to 